four o'clock. Sun, Edinburgh Gardens, bright sun, Edinburgh Gardens, basketball court. I've come to spy on my son, so there he is. And podcast later so he's here how you hello hello how are you doing is this your podcast how's it going good just down here playing some basketball what have you been talking about I haven't yet started so this is my intro oh this is your intro yeah okay. so some lovely music some all bouncing around. <laughs> Hello everyone. Yeah. You're off to dance after this, yeah. And then what time are you home? Should be home about eight. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, not long these days. Okay. Should I ask for dinner? Yeah. There's enough food at home? Yeah. Okay. So welcome to Learner Center Design Education. I'm your host, Saumitri Vartarajan. And we are in a shady spot in Edinburgh Gardens, out of the sun. And it is freezing cold. So, yes, the sun is too hot, gives you a headache. And the shade is freezing. So, today's topic is the first in another series, which is one of the things that started off these podcasts in the first place, the Anchor app, which speaks to WordPress for some reason and then posts your podcasts, your blog posts to Spotify. Okay, so today I posted something to my blog. And then Anchor popped up and said, do you want to make a podcast out of this? And I said, well, I do. And I think for a full five minutes, I toyed with the idea that I would get the AI voice to speak it. And then I lost my nerve because I would get shouted at by my son saying, speak it out. All right. So here we go. Design is what designers do. So for all my students from 30 years ago, yes, I still say it. Design is what designers do. Um, hurdling, jumping over hurdles is what Sally Pearson does. Swimming is what swimmers do. And farming is what farmers do. Cooking is what cooks do. Design is what designers do. Ipso facto. Not a problem at all. This is a chat from last night. I'm badgering past students. Past as in students who've graduated, who've gone off in life and done really well and work for a multinational company with tons of money. And I'm saying, hey, can I talk to your CSR people? Or can you talk to your CSR people? Um, there's some fundraising I'm doing. 
This one's uh, fundraising for night schools in India. It's always that, isn't it? Something like that. All right, so I was talking to him, and over a period of time, we started talking about all sorts of other things, what's happening to life, what did you have for breakfast, and so on and so forth. And, and then it got to a point where I said, hmm, I could actually say a few things, but maybe not now. And then today I got up and I wrote a letter to his daughter as a blog post, and I'm going to read it out to you. Hey, girl. So this is a girl who is in school and in a couple of years she is going to go to university so it's about the time that you start preparing and so she's thinking about potential careers so hey girl when i graduated from mechanical engineering i opted to stay in india which is very rare when i graduated from mechanical engineering i opted to stay in india most of the others in my batch headed off to the u.s as you do in india i then did postgrad at NID, the National Institute of Design in Ahmedabad. After that, I elected to stay in India and ended up in Delhi, starting my own studio. And my whole cohort, I didn't have a cohort, I had only one other person in my batch, but let's say cohort is my peers, my group of friends. My cohort, my group of friends, they headed off to the US, as you do. So five years after I graduated, just like Vineeth and Abhishek were to do many, many years later, I headed off for a six-month stint to Hitachi in Japan. It's part of the Hindu Hitachi scholarships. Now, from my NID days, I had been deep into Japanese literature, Japanese cinema, and slowly even Japanese design and architecture. So, Kurosawa, Ozu, Mishima, and so on. My close friend's aunt was a professor of Japanese at a university in New Delhi. In my New Delhi of the 1980s, Japan was everywhere. Then, I eventually reached Japan and my brain exploded. It was transformative. The secret sauce? Well, this particular one, this particular secret sauce. In the factories that I interned in, the Japanese goal was quite simple. In one word, it was perfection. These days, when I talk to my students, I said, do you know of the Takumi? The ones who build the Godzilla, the Nissan GTR. Do you know of the Takumi? There are only five of them. Go have a look. If you're listening to this, go have a look at the Takumi. So perfection is one thing. Mind-bending perfection <laughs> that is is completely different. If you hear a bit of clattering, this is my go-to place for many years now because my son used to come here to skateboard. It's the Edinburgh Gardens. Skate Bowl. What do you say? It's also a place where I get the image of small children getting on a board and just them, their board, and the way we ground. And just that three. And they are also seeking perfection. So yes, coming back to Japan, it was quite simple. One word, perfection. Everywhere I went in Japan, I would encounter a conversation about the source of their DNA. I'm reading from my blog post on my phone. So everywhere I went in Japan, I would encounter a conversation about the source of their DNA. One country that they considered as a source was India. For the spiritual side to Japanese life, 
there was much to be learned from Nalanda and Buddhism, or not learned so much as it's a place where uh, things came out of good things. Like many other Japanese, Hirano-san, my local Japanese healer in Melbourne, uh, this is a shout-out to Hirano-san. Yashi Clinic, if you're looking to get some Japanese acupuncture in the north of Melbourne. Hirano-san, too, looks forward to his trips to Bihar in India. Now, that is one side. For their cultural side, however, for their writing, calligraphy, the ceramics, for their notion of perfection, where do they go? For the past thousand or more years, the source has been China. Yes, the source. Still is? Absolutely. Today we're in a global period that we designers and others refer to as Japandi. It is where Japanese aesthetics meet Scandinavian aesthetics. So you have Muji and then you have Ikea. Well, not the same, but yeah, similar. Then you have all the other Japan-obsessed people. Frank Lloyd Wright, Charles Rennie McIntosh, Steve Jobs of Apple, and the most spectacular and secretive of them all, the CEO of Oracle. Now that it's been around for a while, Japandi may be ending. It probably surely is. So the question that remains, or the question that crops up here is, if you are looking for the most mind-expanding design work in the contemporary period, literally the most mind-expanding work in the contemporary period, the most beautiful, yes, the most risk-taking, yes. If you're looking for the most mind-expanding design work in the contemporary period on this planet, where should you look? For those of you around me, uh, you know my answer to that. For those of you who are listening in faraway places, or oh, I don't think there are any of you, but if you are, I shall not say it is going to be a secret. But you can head over to the blog post and there is a clue in the images. And look in the description for a link to the blog post. But hey, you who I'm writing to, hey, while you make up your mind, here is a link for you. Look up Culture Trip on your browser or there is a link in the blog post. Click on the magnifying glass, the search icon, ask it a question. Say, designers in India? And then sit back and have a feast. It throws up some delectable stuff. Okay, remove India and put in another city. Let us say Melbourne, Zagreb, Hangzhou, Chennai, Bandung, Johor, Ulaanbaatar, Santiago, Joburg, Lagos, Baghdad, Dhaka. I mean, just, just go anywhere. You are going to be surprised. Design is what designers do and design is there everywhere. <laughs> so enjoy growing up. Lots of love, little one, from your Uncle Sam. Cheerio. Mm -hmm.